This is Business Fever NG Podcast, episode 29. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Mrs. Bimbo, co-founder of SoFresh. And I'm your host, Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. I am very excited to have you on the show today. Um, you know, you guys are doing amazing things, five locations, you know, almost creating that aspect of the healthy, of the fresh food uh, businesses in, in Nigeria. So I, I look forward to the insights you'll be sharing. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us your background and how old the brand is. Okay, so my name is Abimbola Balogun. I'm a lawyer, right? So that's my background in law, basically. So in 2010, my husband and I have the burden to create the convenient uh, shopping for Nigerians with a key focus on fruits and vegetables from where we grew up in um, Forest State. Eating fresh fruits and vegetables wasn't luxury at all. It was like part of our daily meal. It was what we grew up eating. And so it was more like must have every day. So we moved to Lagos in 2009 from South Africa. So after our wedding, we traveled to South Africa and we were back two years after. It was more like we have even forgotten how our traditional market looked like because we were used to organized shopping. You walk into the store and you can pick everything at one stop shop. I mean, we love what we saw. And coming back home, shopping in a very dirty, unorganized uh, market, we thought that reputation, what we saw, and what we also loved eating growing up in Lagos, won't be a bad idea. So for me, I hate this. And my husband hates what I hate. So he came up with this idea, thinking, life believes that if we are able to create a convenient shopping for people to buy fresh fruits and vegetables at one stop shop. Like if you want mangoes, oranges, carrots, vegetables, you can get everything in one store. Do you think people would want to buy? Well, I said we can try it, but I would definitely be a major customer because I would always patronize. So we started 2010. And the rest is history. We are here today. That's fantastic. What was the first location? What was it? Ogba. Ogba. Okay. You guys don't have that location. Five square meter square. Do you, do you see right. that location? So we shut down that location. We shut down that location because it was wrong. Okay. It was the wrong location. Okay. Where it was situated was even close to a big food market. We call it retail market. And so customers would rather go there to buy their fresh fruits because they are even able to negotiate better in the open market. 
they are not able to negotiate in our stores. But you know, when that whole food section didn't do well, along the line, the idea to process this food into juices, smoothies, and salads, you know, that idea was good. How long did that take? So how long from when you started off did you, um, let's call it pivot, to... The same month. Same month. The same month that we started, yes. The same month that we started. Even almost the same week. Because it, it was, the fruits were getting rotten, getting bad, we're trapping them. And so, customers said what they actually would love to buy. We'll be ready to eat meals. I mean, we were coming from a state where it's more like a very calm environment. Here, everybody is busy and there is no time to waste. Nobody wants to buy a big watermelon food to go and start cutting and dicing and all that. They want it ready. Can I have a watermelon bottle juice? Let me have it and go. Okay. So, meals has become... Let me recap a little bit. So 2010, the idea you had was to produce market for fruits and vegetables, right? And then within fruits the and vegetable market. market, and within the first few weeks, you realized that you had to wanted to process it and sell it as a finished product as well because the customers were demanding that. So this happened within yes. a few weeks. Now, yes. the, that's fantastic that you're able to like see that opportunity, and because now primarily your main business is no longer the fresh produce, right? It's now the finished product. Yes, okay. absolutely. It's That's not it. the finished product. Although we still have a very small section of the fruit, the whole fruit, but it, it, it's not giving us as much revenue okay. as the healthy meal. So, you, you were in Ogba initially, you said that wasn't a good location. How long did you run the Ogba location before you opened the new location? Three years. Three um, years. Three years. Okay, yes. so the Ogba location was the, uh, was that the location that funded the growth or? Are you able to like um? Because I actually actually asking what it costs to start a business initially, but I'm always curious to know like the the growth between one location to the second location, what triggers it, and then um what funds it as well. So let me start off by asking the first okay. question: What was the like? If you can remember how much it cost you to set this business up initially, um that's the first question. And the second question is: The second location you opened, um was it from you know, just growth of the first location or you just felt like you wanted to exp- expand and, and try a new location? Oh, okay. Good question. So the initial um, capital to set up was because basically for my savings and um, it cost about 6M, about 5 to 6M. You know, in Nigeria, you need to secure that space for two years. So you pay that down payment of two years when, and you furnish the store with uh, all other materials and rent as well. So that was what we started with initially. And so at the time, my partner, my husband, still held on to his job because this is a business idea that we need to test and need to prove that it is able to fund itself. But until then, we were supporting it with uh, our savings, and that went on for about three years where we were consistently recording loss, and it wasn't making sense, but it was what we loved to do. And may I tell you that my husband and I share similar values. You know, we were raised from different homes, but it's interesting how we met and found out that we have similar values. 
both of us actually hate to leave. We believed in this idea and we were going to stretch till we can no longer stretch. So finances wasn't really a problem like that because he was well paid where he was working. But at the third year, we found out that we were even doing more delivery to the island. So customers will call from the island. Oh, I got to care about you. Can I order? Da, 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 da. And we're doing much more in, in terms of revenue than mainland where we were. And so that struck a chord in our hearts that our market is not here. We need to go after our market. And that was what informed the search to go to the island and the commercial halls in Ireland, not just anywhere. We're quite intentional about where we want to be. And it's going to be around corporate and residential homes. So where we have estates and at the same time we have uh, companies and corporate offices. What we invested again on the island, you know, property, we all know what it is, quite high. It was much bigger, almost times three what we have been spending again. I mean, it's a big risk, but we were ready to, to do that. Today, that Aulawa branch that we opened in 2013 has burst uh, about three more outlets. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And so this is just conversation between you and your husband or did you have like any kind of outside consultancy help or strategies? So this is just both of you just sitting down to say, this is the vision we have for the brand and just have to take it to that next level. Okay, so like I said, I'm a lawyer. So I have some corporate experiences in law firms. My husband also has uh, quite a large experience in beverage, food, and oil and gas. So this has structured companies. And so starting off on a structured level was like a given. So we had templates, we have things that we can implement, bring and incorporate into our system. So that worked for us at the initial stage. However, we recognize that that isn't enough to run a business. We need a business education. So we do a lot of research online research, but much more than that, we enrolled uh, at the Atlantic University, EDC, where we both back with certificate in entrepreneurial management in 2013. That posed us to that network, much more entrepreneurs and laborers who are doing similar things. And, you know, we collaborate with fitness events, planners, just to push ourselves out there. I mean, it was the age where there was no Instagram that can let the whole world know about you with just a click. It was a time where marketing had to be done door to door. And so we did all of this by ourselves and with our finances until recently that we got the foreign equity investment. That's even very impressive as well too because, I mean, it's um that's another conversation. Um, so now you have six, five locations or six locations? I think it's five locations. Six, six locations. Five in Lagos, one, and one in, in Abuja. Abuja. Exactly. How has that been running multiple locations now? I mean, how are you? Because you, you also have on your Instagram hand like an HR, uh, like a, I guess, consultancy arm. Like, how were you able to 
to grow and keep things consistent at each location, you know, and, and what are the, how much growth did you have to go through from, again, the two locations to now six locations, you know, the structure-wise? You can just touch on that a little bit. Okay. Okay. So when the initial idea was shared with me, you know, by my husband, all I saw in the picture was people. What, you know, growing up, I never imagined I would run a business. I was sent to school to become a lawyer for crying out loud. And all I saw was last, last, I worked in a corporate environment as a company secretary. So I love that. And I love managing people from home, church, school, and stuff like that. So when he shared the idea with me, I knew that my strength is not really, you know, doing all of those market things. My focus will be on raising people to manage the business, hiring qualified people to do the job that has to be done by the company standards. So from 2010, I got my HR certification from Tatak uh, Institute of um, Personnel Management. And, you know, that gave me a more professional, you know, side to managing people. I used to shout a lot when we were in order, just managing about three to four people. Don't you know you're supposed to do this? Do you want me to do this? Da, 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 da. And so, you know, I found out that these people do not know what to do clearly until you document what they are supposed to do and you train them about how to do it. So, Without even thinking of having five outlets, even this one outlet, how can I effectively manage it? I cannot do it without developing people. And so that culture of training and developing people has been from the very beginning. And now, so as we expand, the challenges also begin to unfold and we see what other things we need to do. Now, managing Abuja couldn't have been possible without an effective manager and, of course, an effective, you know, monitoring and um, developing, you know, structures and continually, you know, ensuring that we engage them. So people have been forced our greatest assets and we actually do take care of them and always involve them to let them see that without them, I mean, there can be no surface. I can only be in one outlet per time. That's true. I mean, I can't be, I can't be in two outlets per time. So who will be in the second outlet doing exactly what I could have done or as much better? There are documents, there are processes, there are structures. And these are the things that we continually improve on, update. When things go wrong, we look at why did it go wrong. Is it a process issue? Is it a people issue? Then we look at it and we, we, we re-strategize. What's your current staff strength? Sorry? What's 100. A, 100. What's the structure like? So like um, each location, how many managers, supervisors do they have? And then like how many people report to you? I'm just curious to know how the that structure is. Okay. So I'm the chief operating officer for Stillfresh. And um, the operations unit basically is under my department. I have a manager in every branch. They are called outlet manager. And I have two supervisors who work with the outlet manager. 
So that outlet manager is responsible for the people, the charge to the customer, the vendors, the suppliers, everybody reports to that manager for that brand. And that manager reports to an operations manager. Now my operations manager has say, 10 years experience across different food and beverage industry in Nigeria. And she reports to me. So that is the chain of uh, reporting. What are the traits do you look for, like three traits you look for in a, in a branch manager? In a branch manager? Yes. Because, um, yeah. Oh. Okay, so I want to see someone who likes to win. Someone who would not give up, but would always have a plan B for every problem. So because problems are inevitable, we are the ones that should be dynamic with how we approach them and solve them. So I need somebody who can think on their feet. I need somebody who is smart enough to know that anything that could go wrong could go wrong. And so what can I do? How do I, so someone with a good manage, people management skill, someone with a good problem solving skill, someone who is flexible in thinking. So even if the person says, this is how we should do it, yes, but you have done it that way or you couldn't achieve it, you should know that you can escalate it. So someone who is able to, yeah, to stretch and be goal-driven, result-driven, yes. So like the interview process, right? Like, I mean, Max, let's say you have two, three interviews. How can you really gauge for this? Because uh, my business, I've, I think I'm still looking for a manager and maybe like two years into it. I've hired people and then, you know, two, three months realize that they're the wrong fit. So like, how do you pinpoint those characteristics in a, in a, in a short interview process to say, this is a trust that I like in this person and I feel like they will meet up to my expectation later on. Interesting. I'm actually very excited about that question because hmm, how do I start? So we just recently even had an interview with uh, a facility manager. Now, she was sent in on referral but then again, we would still like to have a chat with you. So we asked some support questions that can test your ability to reason and think. If you can prove and can Give me what I want to hear. I can safely assume that when issues come up, you are able to think. So we told the guy, look at this room. Can you quickly run a critical analysis of what is wrong or what you can improve about this building, about this room? And he started to, you know, answer the question. I mean, the way I ask interview questions has gone past what you can Google and find. When we want to hire outlet managers, we start from 10 o'clock a.m. to 4 p.m. It is six, six hours. Wow. Now, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, we, we give them lunch and we also, you know, prepare their mind for that. I won't have a one hour or 30 minutes interview with an outlet manager because I have done it in the past and I have failed. And I have seen that it doesn't work. It, it will not give you the truth of 
to a 60% sample what this person can offer. So what do we do? We usually have a group session and a one-on-one -on -one session. So a group session will help us check a lot of things by the questions that we ask and by the activities that we give you to do. We break them in groups, we make them answer case studies, and these case studies are real-life issues that have happened at ProFresh before in a branch. I want to see, as an island manager, how would you handle this issue? Choose a presenter from your group, let the person present, let other group members question your reasoning or your decision. From our interactive session, I am already picking out somebody who can be domineering. I am already picking somebody who is only being fed with information and never contributing. I'm not looking with, for that person. I'm already picking an idea generator because I will be observing the session and I'll be looking at who is really the idea generator in this group. Who is just the recorder? I don't need a recorder. I need an idea generator. And even as you generate ideas, I want to see your attitude. Because success in any job is both your success at behavioral and technical competencies. So we structure questions that will test behavioral competencies and technical competencies. If you are very good at technical competencies and they are very bad at behavioral, I will not give you a job. If you are very good behavioral wise and you are not so good technically, I can give you a chance because I already have a structure that will give you that support yeah. on my expectation. So I guess you agree with us and saying we should hire for attitude, not for experience. Would would you would you agree with that? Well, experience <laughs> is good. Experience matters a lot because you can even annoy me with all, all, all that you can do is that you have good attitude, you cannot do the job. <laughs> so I would say, I would say it, it's um, half and half. Okay. Or, depending on the situation, I'm able to apply my discretion. But I would say higher for the attitude, not for the experience. Because they kind well, of say you can train for the, you can it train it for the knowledge. It depend on the level of the job. Okay, that's true. I can hire a low-level staff. Based on attitude, no experience. But I mean, if I meet somebody at the C-suite level, if I meet somebody at the senior managerial level, I need the experience. I don't need a lot so much about your attitude. I need the experience, but I can polish your leadership skills. Okay. Where is so fresh in the next 10 years? Five years? Well, so fresh in the next five years. Right now, we're on an aggressive expansion plan. Because investors have given us money and they are expecting returns. So we want to be uh, about 20, 25 outlets in the next five years in Lagos. Then in five years, we want to be present in one African country. Wow. One more African country. Okay. Um, just briefly on the investment part, are they equity investors? Yes, they are. Okay, so how much ownership do you have left in this business? No, all I was told I was just 15%. 
Okay, okay, that was good. That was good. So you can contact me for your hiring challenges. I'm your go-to person. I will drill them. I will get the best out of it. That's fantastic. I think we'll, I will probably talk to you after this recording because my take with, with staffing is I like the fact that they have experience, but for the most part, I look at the energy level because I also have a semi-structure in my space and I'm actively in the business every day. And I'm not even sure yet if expansion, because I've tried expanding. I have like two small outlets that I'm not, they're not doing very well for whatever reason. But I'm, I'm always thinking. We can, we can talk because I, I need to get um, a very clear picture of what you even currently have in place in terms of structure. Okay. Because if you hire someone good and you don't have enough structure, you won't be able to retain the person. Definitely. The person will move Definitely. very quickly. Definitely. But if you have a good structure, a good career path, with good planning and development, reward system that can keep, you know, motivating and inspiring, you know. Okay. They, they will stay. I have staff that are six years old with us. And I have a lot of three-year-old staff. I mean, in today's employment um, challenges, I, I think that's a good yeah. percentage. I, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. What is the one way to motivate employees that most owners overlook? I think so the best way is firstly how you make them feel working for you. I mean, what is your attitude towards them? It is not always only about money because at the hiring stage, you can even negotiate and agree on pay. I mean, that's the best thing to do. I know a lot of people also skip that part. They just hire you and they get their salary at the end of the month. They'll be like, oh, no, this is not what I expect. But let's even assume that that has been sorted. Your attitude, how you talk to them, how you make them feel, and I think owners can be more strategic and mindful about these people saying thank you, asking questions politely, not being too quick to judge or pass blame. Can you please exercise some patience and try to know why this happened, the root cause of this issue? Because it could be a process issue, but, you know, we are so quick to throw blame and make them feel like uh, less and, you know, self-esteem issues, you know. Because I interview thousands, I, I enjoy it. Not that I can't hire, I have an HR manager who reports to me as well. But I still like to be part of the process of hiring. You get why are you leaving your current list of employment or why did you resign? You will hear stories. And most of them can be traced to the how they were treated, the how issues were resolved, the how issues were addressed. So I think that's the best motivation. And of course, money is good, of course. And um, every other thing will be fine. Being transparent and being open as well, especially as with issues of finances. I mean, a lot of people who owe salaries or defer or, you know, postpone salaries. And you are there living life, doing what you like. And they can see all of you. It doesn't show that you value them. So every employer that can prove or express that I value you in the way that you treat them has a good chance to retaining good talent. Okay, great. 
I have like maybe three more questions because I know I said half an hour. Um, what is the worst entrepreneur moment you, you've had running a business? Running this business or running a business? The worst entrepreneur moment. All right, so the worst for me would be when our store in Ikozi was locked up by this local government guys that um, we need to pay one permit of about 250000 You know, uh, we're asking them why. They said our store looks like we're in England. And so we must be making a lot of money. I'm like, don't you have race? Don't you have... I don't understand. Is it a meter? Is it because it's on a Wolowogo? Is it... Why? Can I have something that has made you categorize this store as class A? It came up with one form, class A, class B, class A. I said, define class A for me. What does it mean? They said, eh, look at it now. AC everywhere. I was weak. They locked it up, actually. They pushed out customers, pushed out staff, and, you know, I was looking Did for... Did you end up paying the money? No, not that much. Okay, okay. Yeah, not that much. But, of course, we pay. It's an annual fee, actually, oh, wow. for good uh, premises. And the worst moment, again, another one for me was when I had to uh, pack a staff. <laughs> She was a manager in one of the branches and she found of uh, being good to customers on being, being all responsive to their needs. And she's been given several queries and several warnings. And this particular customer at that time actually went on Facebook to complain about her. And, you know, the person just blasted our brand out there and like, no. This is wrong. Another thing I want to encourage business owners to do is to, is to ensure that they document um, happenings and things that go on, especially when it is something that has the potential of leading to termination of employment. I mean, you don't want to get involved in litigation and all of that. So you want to build that history. Does that really happen though? The litigation part, because I mean, I guess when you have a bigger structure, it makes sense. But if I have one location and my staff has been sitting like four or five times, and I don't have the energy to be writing. Say that again. Let's say I have just one location and my staff has been showing, coming in late, stealing, and all that, and I don't have the energy to be typing up queries. Are you saying I can't just fire him? That would it would it's I'm better off documenting it over a period of time. No, no, I I think it is it is not best practice to do. It is not uh, it is not what you should do. You should actually terminate somebody's employment justifiably. Now, do you have a disciplinary procedure that says that if you come late after this time, you are late? Is the employee aware? Now I know verbal warnings can be done, but documentation is also key. You document it, the person answers that way. You can even fire on another next, just give that person one more week of grace. Like, let me see if you will come, just because you want to protect the interest of your company. Because you will go big. And when you go big, you don't want people to let 
um, the brand up by saying that this is an unlawful termination of employment. I know Nigeria is the place where our legal system is not that, you know, but we don't want to, because of Nigeria's system, not also do what is right. I mean, if it was in a developed country, would they just say, go away? Even if they say go away, does the um, employee have a right to, to challenge you in a court of law for doing that? I mean, we just want to play safe and do things right. It makes sense. Document I, I, it. Yeah, I, Give you I, a query, let the person answer. I'm filing. How much is the file? Just file it. You file it with who? Okay, file within the office. Okay. Um. Fantastic. Can you recommend a book uh, or resource that um you know you can share with the listeners? On what? A book on what? Oh, just general book that you know, like you, you go back to as a reference point that has helped you build your either your business career or like a personal brand. Like just okay. So I I, I love email. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. I know you should have heard about. I've that. heard that. Oh, I've read it as well. So and I gave it to told my told my three of my staff actually to read. Uh, it's a very powerful book. That is fantastic. It yeah. would really help them. Definitely. And there's this book as well, A One Minute Manager. Okay. Okay. I, I think I've heard about that. Uh, I remember the author. I will, I've heard a about it. I, I will definitely. I think the person wrote um, Who Moved My Team. That's a very good book, too. Have you read Who Moved I, My I Team? I did. I did it in, co- in college. I like Please the book. Read it again. Uh, it's about change management. So, change is a constant thing, yeah? And so when it happens, how do you manage it, you know, and ensure that it doesn't affect um, okay. the company and the people. So one yeah. very last question. Like how, you work with your husband, that's correct? You guys both actively yes. work. How is that like? Because, like, what happens when you close from work and then you go home? Like, do you, do you carry it over? Like, you know, it, it, it's a very, obviously, you have a very healthy relationship, but... um. <laughs> That's the very common question that people ask. And honestly, I think uh, with with age comes uh, maturity. At the beginning, I I didn't quite handle it well. I was always quite emotional about issues. And, you know, women saying, I want it done now. I want it done this way. And my husband is more structural and, you know, more logical, objective. Let's take it easy. Let's look at it again. I'm like, no, it's like this. It must be like that. And so that used to cause uh, a lot of friction. I used to think like he's slow at taking decisions. You know, he feels that I am too hasty at taking decisions. So finding the balance, actually, because there will be issues that require you know, hasty decision making and there will be times that you need to think through. But all of the times I think it requires that we think through things before we make decisions. So it took me a while to understand that well it is it's it's style. It's not like he doesn't want me to take that decision at that time. It's just that it is best if you think through it. Yeah, so you know, when we started all we talk about was the Business. I mean, it's exciting to see that people are willing to pay for something that you are offering. We have never done business in our life. And it is not what we even thought that would happen to us. I mean, it was just an opportunity that showed up and we feed into it. Eight years ago, nobody was talking about quick farm. So it wasn't as if we joined the trend of what was happening. Unlike now, thankfully, we have so many people 
creating value, creating employment, and helping Nigerians eat healthier. So at that time, it wasn't something popular. So we talk about it, which is exciting. We laugh and joke about it all the time. Yeah, that's fantastic. But we, we but working together in the office, uh, major issues were in the areas of decision making. But now with clarity in roles and areas, we can make decisions. Everybody is clear and it's, it's much better. That's fantastic. Tell us one thing about you that people don't know. That's This is my last question now. Just something you can share about you, that's unique about you. <laughs> that people don't know. That people don't know. Well, I love to dance, but mostly uh, I love games. I love playing games. It's a great way to relax with my family. Like uh, video games or like card games? No. So board games. Okay, okay. Board games, all sorts of board games. We have about 10 in the house. Oh, wow. I have two boys, and that's the best way we bond. You can't play games without laughing over it. That's or making true. fun of someone, or somebody out of dinner, you're like, oh. You know, you would laugh. So it's such a great way to bond. And we have also tried it at So Fresh uh, about the last quarter. We had a game session where we people that were off duty that day or people that closed early that day came around to our head office. We posted some pictures on social media and we had a fantastic time playing games, laughing over it. You know, we are, we dropped our other hats in our offices and we are all more like friends. And it's such a great way to bond with your teams and family. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate this. I will definitely be calling you offline so we can talk more about, um, I guess staffing, um, and other things, but like, um, thank you very much for your time. Okay. All right. Great. Have a wonderful day. Ciao. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com share the link with your friends leave us a review on itunes join us again on monday for a new podcast thank you